Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum, brother. We have Brother Nasir Span with us today. Um, how are you? Thank you for accepting our invitation. Oh, no problem. My whole praise is due to Allah. Uh, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do this podcast with you. No, it's my pleasure, brother. It's my pleasure, 100%. So I got a message from you on Facebook, and you were sending uh, salams from Brother Mustafa who's locked up right. in prison right now, Brother Mustafa Sajjad, who's, um, he was talked about before on this podcast from a few of, the, few of the brothers before who were mentioning how much he memorizes the Quran and how much uh, influence that he has on the brothers inside prison. So it was, it was great to hear from right. you or from him through you. And then right. with that, we, we got connected. So that's amazing as well, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. Yes, yes. Yeah, Brother Mustafa, he's a very, very good brother. Like I was telling you, he's uh, a good brother, man, uh, um, a, a good friend and a mentor as well, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, all right, so let me let me try to get to know you a little better, all right? So okay. let's look at you growing up before, kind of before you got locked up. What was What was your life like at that point in time? Yeah, um, so <laughs> the life of Nasir before incarceration. Um, so all right, I, I grew up in um in Queens, South Jamaica, Queens. Um, that's where I'm from. Um, pretty pretty rough area, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you, you you do your research on that spot, you'll see it like, wow, okay, it's it's real out here. So, um, I said, I, I grew up there, uh, moved around a little bit as well. I lived in Brooklyn. I lived upstate New York. Um, you know, but, um, so my, my life growing up wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't on the good, you know? Um, I was, I was pretty much, uh, roaming the streets. You know, I was, that was what I was attracted to. I was attracted to, um, you know, the street life, even as a younger age. Um, you know, my, my family is, is Christians. We grew up, I grew up going to church and everything, but I always was attracted to the street life because that's what I was surrounded by. Uh, you know, so I was pretty much uh, somewhat like a part of a mom life, yeah. as we say. And um, so growing up, um, as I got older, you know, I started getting more involved into the streets around, like, a little bit before junior high school, definitely after junior high school, and um, uh, going over into high school, dropped out of high school, uh, just living a street life, you know, um, everything you can imagine, selling drugs to gangbangers to just everything. Um, we moved, I moved to Vegas back in 2001. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, I moved to Las Vegas back in 2001 with my mom, my mom and uh, two of my brothers and one of my cousins came with us as well. And the um, crazy story, man, is that, um, you know, she had split from her ex-husband at the time. And we booked, she booked a flight for us to come out here. And the flight was actually scheduled to leave on 9-11, 2001. Wow. And so they called her and, and said, well, we have an earlier flight. Would you like to take it? She said, yes. We left September 10th, uh, 2001, and we moved to Vegas. Since I've been uh, a few months after moving to Las Vegas, I was in juvenile detention. Mm. Just two months. So <laughs> that, yeah, uh, May, uh, September, October, November, actually, Actually, less than that. Uh, we moved September by before Halloween of October. Mm. I was in juvenile detention out here. Yeah. So um, that pretty much gives you uh, a good layout of you know the type of stuff that I was into. You know, it's like no matter where I go, I'm gonna find it. You know. Yeah. And um, but yeah. So and you know, since I've been in Vegas, um, you know, I've I've been just I don't like in and out the system. Mm. You know, that was uh yeah, just, just in and out the system. Just yeah. 
calling calling wild shoots. Yeah, and this long was this last time that you were in. You're the longest time you were in. Yes, yes. So actually, that was my first time in prison. Mm. I've um, I've I've did I've been to jail like a few times before that, but that was my first time actually in the prison. Mm. Yeah, so that was the longest longest stay that I've had. Absolutely. Yeah, and then what was the crime that you were convicted of? Um. Well, they was trying to give me the death penalty. Uh, it was first degree murder originally, mm. and uh, they dropped it down to uh, to uh, voluntary manslaughter. Yeah. So how was that getting getting arrested and talking about the death penalty and all of that? How is how was that for you, sir? Um, you you mean as far as like now? No, at that point when you were arrested and you were facing possible oh. death. Yeah. Well, it what it did was it pretty much let me know how serious you know life was. Mm. You know, um, because up until that point, you know, not to say that I didn't take life seriously, because um, you know, I, I did. I had a family. Um, you know, my boss, my father, and you know, my brothers, and cousins, and uncles. So yeah, I did have a family. So I knew what you know the seriousness of life was but as far as um on that level when it came to the streets you know you know a lot of times you're just running wild and not thinking you know mm. and um so when the talks of that came down that's when i really sat back and said wow this is work like, they are really looking to take my life right now mm. you know? and, um, so it started it started making me reevaluate just like my life as a whole yeah because it was it, it was scary it was scary you know when they you know it was scary you know when you see those papers and they tell you you know that the state is seeking is seeking a definitely against you it's like you know okay well, man where do i go from there you know mm. For sure. So, yeah, it was it was very serious, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you get the charges dropped? Or a lesson? So true. um there was th yeah, there there was a lot of uh, loopholes in the case. Mm. Um and so due to those loopholes that were in the case after four years of sitting in the county jail, once they switched DAs, um the new DA that had came on um pretty much came to my lawyer. He was trying to get just a bunch of cases out the way. Hmm. And uh, he came to my lawyer and, and he said, first he said, hey, have him take this 10 to 25. And I said, no, I'm not taking it. And then he said, all right, have him take this 5 to 15. I said, no, I'm not taking that. So the last deal was like maybe about a month or some change later. It was a 2 to 20 probation. I said, no. Um, I've been in the county, I was in the county at the time for four years. Mm. So I'm sitting there, I don't, I've seen the state of Nevada, uh, even in the weakest of cases, you know, um, do a lot of shadiness in the courtroom and end up finding, you know, the person guilty, mm. right? So I didn't, I didn't want to become another statistic, yeah. you know? So when they came down with the two to 20, although I said no, I was thinking on it like, you know what, this might be something that I should take just to get out their way, you know? Because mm. I feel like if I don't take this and go to trial, then pretty much go all time. So they left the deal on the table for a week. I still said no. They said, we're going to leave it on our table for another week, which they never did, at least with me. Mm. And that was my son right there. That was my son. So I, I, I took the book. The two to 20 probation board, they wanted to give me a three to a three to 10 and a four to 10. Mm. So, uh, yeah, once I got, once I got to prison on my, uh, on my four to 10, I pretty much seen a parole board a month after I went to prison. Yeah. Of course, they, I, they wanted some more time. So. Mm. Well, 
finishing almost all the tournament. Yeah, yeah. So you because you did four years in the in jail before, that's why you went right up for the pro board, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. And then how long did you end up staying in prison before you were paroled? Um, seven years. Oh, wow. Okay. Seven years. So you had to go a few yeah. times to the parole board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those. <laughs> it was one of those type of things. Yeah. Yeah, I was right. up there a few times. Yep. Yep, yep. All right, so in those seven years, right, when you first entered into prison, because obviously you've been to juvenile detention and you've been to jail before, but prison's a different story. So when you walked into there, right. what was your mindset? So, um, yeah, when I walked in, when I first walked into prison, you know, I was like, okay. You know, you, you hear, you know, before I went up there, you hear, you know, a lot of guys that, well, that you knew that was already up there, or a lot of guys that's going, because I was in the county for four years, so I knew it was going to be a lot of people that I knew mm-hmm. there already. Plus, you know, you're going to see a bunch of people you already know. There's no worries. Of course not. So um yeah when I first when I first hit the prison yard I was just I felt a sense of relief because I was in a county for four years with the death penalty hanging over. Mm. So when I first hit hit the prison yard, I felt a sense of relief like an aspect of my fight for my freedom is over. You know? I don't have to fight that part of the fight right Yeah. I just have to get through this mm. and and then shall lock me home. You know, so I felt I, I was I felt a sense of relief. Um, you know, of course I felt a little nervousness because you know, you enter in a whole new environment. Yeah, there's people here that I know, but there's a lot of people here that I don't, you know? Yeah. And um at the same time, um, you know, with me coming from the streets, you know, there's there's some old enemies still lurking on the yard, you know, so you know, these are things that I'm not gonna say like played over in my mind, you know, just repeatedly. It was just it was one of those where it's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I lost the no more four things, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna walk my walk, you know. Mm. And then when was the first time you met the Muslims on the yard? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was uh maybe That week, mm. that, that first week that I hit the yard, um, you know, it was already guys that I knew. And um, so we, we pretty much, uh, it, it was just a few of us because the way that the yard was out here, um, it was separated. You know, you had to do it separated. So there was just a few brothers in my unit. And, um, and, and, and you know, they, they embraced me. They embraced mm. me wholeheartedly. Especially because they already knew me from the county, mm-hmm. and then um, the ones that did it, you know, they they heard about me, so it, it was it was the, the embrace was very warm. It That's was, good. and then when I hit the other the other units, the lower levels where where you're able to go to Juma, that was when I was able to meet a lot of the other brothers, and that's when I actually met stuff. Yeah, nice, nice. So you were already Muslim when you went into prison. Yes. Yeah, I had I had took my shahada in the county jail in two thousand and nine. Okay. Uh the first Friday of two thousand and nine in okay. January. Mashallah. So how did that come about? So I was Islam was something I had I was all, always attracted to. Since I was younger. It was something I was always attracted to. I had uh, I had a couple cousins who um at the time back in the nineties who were under she would say other branches of Islam. And, um, you know, that was my first introduction to it. And I used to see how these brothers walk, how these brothers, um, how they program each other. You know, it was a different level of brotherhood. It was a, uh, it was a different walk. They had this, this light about them that you didn't see anywhere else. And I was attracted to that. So I always wanted to know, 
about that. Okay, what is what is pissing us off, you know? And so once I uh, once I got locked up and while I was sitting in the county jail, I started reading. And the first book that I read was The Black Muslims in America. Hmm. Right? And uh, so from there I started learning about the nation hmm. of Islam. And so I'm like, well, okay, this is pretty much some of the stuff is what I already knew, but that's not my cup of tea, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I started reading about, I started reading about Orthodox Islam. What did Islam come from? The, 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 the root of it. And um, from there, I fell in love with it I, because a lot of um, the principles, a lot of the the morals and everything, um, the the ways that they talk about how Christians should carry themselves. A lot of that stuff I was already doing, so mm -hmm. it resonated with me in a different type of way, you know. And um, and another thing that uh, that really got me was the simplicity of it all, you know. Because people try to make when it comes to I hate to use the word religion, but for the sake of conversation, I'll use the word. People try to make religion so complicated, you mm. know? And when I started reading about Islam, I was like, wow, this is simple. Believe in one God, make your salats, and have a pure heart, mm. you know? And for me, that I was like, okay. No, I, I can do that, you know. Um, I'm not perfect, but hey, I can do that, mm. you know. And so, those were the things that that really, 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 really got me. It got my attention. And um, you know, a, another thing is um, what I what I tell them a lot of people is, is one of the things that I read in this book called the uh, Morals and Manners of Islamic Respect or Perspective. Like when I was in there, I'll never forget this book. And it said that if there's another person whose character and conduct is better than your Muslim brother that's next to you, then he's closer to you than your Muslim brother is. And that alone, I was like, wow, because. The reason it got to me is because, uh, you know, with me growing up as a Christian, there was certain when it when it came to other religions, you know, uh, they say, "Oh, well, don't don't read that because you'll be going against your religion if you read that." Don't interact with those people because you'll be going against your religion if you interact with those people. As I was saying, um, you know. When, when I read on a person's character and conduct and how that person is closer to you than your Muslim brother, it lets me know that, you know, Islam is one of those things that there's no, uh, there's no restrictions on um, the type of people you should deal with. You know, this brotherhood of yours is one brotherhood, mm. right? Um, and, and, you know, when the prophet uh, peace be upon him came he came to restore character and conduct you know and that was that was big for me that was big for me and it, it lets me know that you know um you know yeah you you have your muslim brothers your circle you know but there's also other people who are not knowledgeable of this dean who you know may have grew up differently whose character and conduct is excellent these is your brothers as well you know, mm -hmm. these are your sisters. So, yeah, that that was. All right. So you were talking about. Uh, yeah. So you were you were talking about that passage in that book where it shows that all of mankind is basically your brothers and sisters and that in right. Islam, we don't you know, we, we don't care whether where whether you're Muslim or not. We're going to treat you like our brothers and we're going to try to help you get closer to God. And that really resonated with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, alhamdulillah. So how did you get in touch with, uh, so you, you at that point you said you read a book, The Message to the Black Man, which was from uh, Nation of Islam. And then after yeah. that, you started 
kind of looking into Orthodox Islam, where Islam came from. How did you get right. in contact with uh, with Shia Shia Islam? So uh, that was through um, Mustafa. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I yeah. um. So I, you know, I'm I'm still studying on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself one because I haven't studied on it all yet. Yep. But, I, I, you know, the more, like I said, that brother is a very, very, very good brother and mentor 100%. to me, man. So, like, all of our sit downs that we've had, and 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 what I've learned from him about um about the Shia, I was just like, wow, that it makes sense, you know, mm. it makes. Sense. And I, I still, mm. like I said, I'm I'm still uh, an infant in my studies, so I still have to read more about it. But um, I'm definitely, I'm surely attracted to it. Absolutely, hundred percent. Right. So let let's go. Let's let's kind of fast forward into that bit there where you said uh, you converted to Islam inside jail, right? You mm -hmm. looked you looked into Islam. You became Muslim, alhamdulillah. And then after that, you you went into prison. And pretty much immediately, there was a few brothers who were in your your kind of module who were with you over there that helped you. And then finally, you you got more. There's some of the restrictions were taken off of you, and you're able to go into Juma prayers. And that's when you met Mustafa and you know the wider Muslim community inside the prison, right? So how was right. that? How was how was experiencing that? And was that the first Juma prayer that you? Did they have it in jail? I don't know if they have it in jail or not. Uh, they did. They mm. did. Um, they did, but the ju Juma in, in prison was a lot different. Uh, mm. To me, it felt more um, more of like what it was supposed to be because in jail, they restrict a lot of things, you know? Um, mm. they, they was only allowing a certain amount to come down there, you know? And, and you know, they... Uh, you know the the imam that came in. He he gave like very beautiful kutbahs and everything. Um, but once I got to prison, I was actually able to see how Juma actually went. You know, because like I said, due to a lot of the restrictions in the jail, there was you know a lot taken out. Yeah, it was yeah. A lot taken out. Yeah. So um um so yeah, once I got to prison, it was um the brotherhood. It was. The brotherhood was beautiful, Ak. It was mm. beautiful. And um uh the the imam that was there at the time, um, he gave kutbahs that moved me every mm. week. You know, awesome. I was literally sitting there. And you know, like I said, I was an infant in my in, in my studies at the time, still is. But um I would <laughs> I would I would go to Juma every week and I would have my pen and my pad and I'll sit down and I'll take notes right there on the Musala. Yeah. You know. Because <laughs> his brother used to, like I said, his his words used to move me. Everything he used mm. to say used to move me. And yeah. um, so I used to sit there and take my notes. That way I can go back and study them. That way I can mm. go back and, 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 you know, just ponder on what he was speaking on in his cookbook and just mm. kind of build on that. And um, funny thing, till this day, I still have those notes. And that was way mm. back in 2000 and, uh, what, 12, 2013? And was I this still, Mustafa or was this someone else? This was someone else. Uh, yeah. Brother Mustafa was the um, was the assistant imam down there mm. at the time, so he was pretty much helping the brother out. Mm -hmm. Yep. that's good. I actually never met Mustafa, so I met Mustafa's teacher. I guess the one who brought him into Islam. His name's Abdullah Shafiq. Yeah, oh, and uh, and but I experienced the same thing as you. The the brotherhood and. Like the brotherhood that I experienced there was different than anywhere else. So since I've been out, never seen anything similar to that. Like everyone, you're much closer with the brothers in that situation. Probably, yeah. like, you know, you got your backs to the wall and you have to have each other's back. You know what I mean? So it's Absolutely. a different, it's a different environment, but it's amazing. Like, and just like you, I had very basic knowledge of Islam, like tiny right. bit, and I was just learning and learning and learning. And the khutbahs that the brother would give would move me. I'd take notes as well. I remember I had, like, I had some books and I'd write like little post-it notes on them. And like the books would be full of notes. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's good. Right. It was good. It's definitely, you know, you have the time to really focus and study and try to 
learn the religion, you know what I mean? You do. Yeah, you absolutely do. Yep. Alhamdulillah. All right, so you're in prison. This is at the big. How long did it take you to be able to get into, you know, the Juma prayers and everything? Uh, it didn't take long. Um, mm. the minute I hit the level two yard from level three, it was uh maybe within a matter of what two weeks. Yeah. Because okay. you know you got to submit your kites. The administration got to have to approve of it, and and mm. then you can go. Um, mm. but um, from from the jail when I went there, I was already um down in administration as a Muslim. So yeah, that's what only took me two weeks. You have some brothers that hit the yard and it take them a month to get on the list to go to Juma. You know, they got to prove that they're Muslim because they got to prove that they Muslim, right? Mm. So it was okay. yeah, you know this <laughs> the <laughs> the, uh, the test is endless in there. You know, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure, <That's laughs> right. All right, so you said Brother Mustafa was influential to you. Can you describe like when you really got close to him or, and and the conversations that you had and things like that? So when we was in uh high desert, uh we were in two separate units. Um so we spoke, but it wasn't to the extent that we was able to build while we was in Ely together. So fast forward from 2000 and well, I was in hot desert 2012, 2013. Fast forward to 2014 when I went to uh, to Ely. Mm. Um, so I'm in Ely, um, 15, 16, 17, 2017. Um, that's when uh, Mustafa uh, had hit the yard in Ely, and I sent them a kite. Because we was all on a common, you know, the common fit meals and stuff like that. I was yeah. working in the common room in the kitchen. I sent them a kite in his, in his common fit tray, and <laughs> and I was able to help get them down there to the to the workers unit. Yes, because sir. at the time, um, the community in 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 Ely was um, the administration has shook the community up, mm. and, and and just pretty much um, some brothers they they sent them out of state. Um, some brothers got shipped to other yards. So um, literally, there was maybe like four or five of us in the unit. Mm. And, so um, I remember, I remember when I was locked up, Ely was a supermax. Did it change at that time? So it, yeah, it started changing around two thousand and um, sixteen. They started opening Ely. Mm. So now in Ely, you got a level one. You have a level two and a level three now in Ely. Okay. Yeah, so so they um they pretty much made it a a, a semi st open semi still maximum security yard, mm. right? So um I like I said I was able to um help get the brother down there, and when he came down there, um I was the imam at the time, mm. and that was a responsibility that I did not want, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the other brothers was like, ah, you, you know, you, 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 you're going to have to take it, you know, because mm -hmm. we can't do it. So, you know, alhamdulillah, I, I took on that responsibility. And um, when Mustafa came down, I was like, ah, look, I don't want it. You can have it. You know, and he's like, no, no, no. He told me, he said, use this as to help you grow, you know, to help you grow, to help you um, become a better Muslim, be help you to help you um, increase in your knowledge in the deen and, and so forth and so on. And, um, and I did, I did. He helped me along the way. You know, he helped me all the way along the way. Yeah. We, we, we've had our bumpy roads, you know, cause you have other brothers that come through. That's, that's, um, you know, that, that don't, agree with certain things that go on you know and, and it's mm. like hey this is what we on either you with it or you're not you know what i'm saying and um and that's pretty much how we ran our program the entire time we was up there um mm. and 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 uh we was able to get more brothers down there to the point where uh i think they had the chapel at they said our max was 50 people mm. we were we had up to like sixty people, I think, on a on the uh the chapel list at one time. Mm. And we had to kind of break the barriers of, of them allowing us only, you know, fifty people. 
You know, mm -hmm. like, come on, you guys can. So we was able, we had to get with the warden and everything. And, you know, alhamdulillah, we was able to get brothers to uh, come to Juma who wanted to come to Juma, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, um, it was, it was at that time, that was when I was really able to sit down with the brother uh, Mustafa and, and, and learn. I was actually learning how to, how to write Arabic at the time with him and everything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I haven't pursued it much since I've been out. Uh, you know, spoke to him. You know, he was like, he was like, yeah, you gotta learn how to write, write it and read it. And I'm like, yeah, I know, man, but it's just <laughs> you know, a lot going on. But uh, but yeah, he um, like I said, that brother showed me a lot. He showed me a lot. I was able to sit down with him up there and and, and really, really study and learn about the dean yep. there. You know, and that was my growth period there mm. for sure. Very interesting. Very interesting. So let me just ask you a, a couple of questions. And obviously, like, you know, there's no there's no uh, judgment or, you know, as you mentioned from that book that you said that, you know, we're all brothers and, and everything like that. So for me personally, I'm very big on unity between Sunni and Shia. And like I see all the Sunni brothers as brothers and sisters and there's no issue there. But you were mentioning that I know I know most of us Shia. And right. you, were mention, you were mentioning that he had some conversations with you about about that aspect of the religion. So I was just interested on what you guys were talking about. Um. So uh, he was he was speaking on um just pretty much the differences of of why um why the separation between the Sunnis and the Shiites happened the way it happened. Mm. So um. You know, when when he spoke to me about it, I was like, OK, you know, because and, and you know, like and, and Mustafa still he's, he's um, same thing as you as well. You know, he's like, look, brother, you Sunni Shiite, you know, we are all one brotherhood. That's what the Quran says. You know, mm -hmm. this brotherhood of yours is one brotherhood. So um, so he was he was at the like I said, at the time he was um, enlightening me on why that split happened. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he enlightened me on um, on what the Sunnis believe should who, who they believe should have um, should have um, came after the Prophet to lead the Ummah, and mm -hmm. who the Shiites believe should have came after the Prophet and lead the Ummah. Yeah. And um, you know, so yeah, that that was pretty much what he broke down. I can't give you like the, the specifics of of, yeah, of everything. Of course, of course. But, but that was basically what what he was uh, breaking down to me. And he, this brother got so many books, right? <laughs> <laughs> he has so many books. And, and, and he, you know, couldn't know Sunni argue him down, you know, mm. because he had the proof in his books. He had both Sunni and Shiite books. And he would say, well, look, I, here's the proof right here. Yeah. You know? And, um, so yeah, that that was basically what he enlightened me on. Just just mm. what what the split was, why the Shiites follow what they should follow, and why the Sunnis follow what they follow. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. That's interesting. If if there's any you know ever any questions you have, inshallah, you can shoot them my way, and if I'm able to answer, I'll answer. If not, inshallah, I'll find someone who can. But it's always it's always interesting. Like I I like looking at the differences, not not to for disunity purposes just to learn and to grow like you learn a lot through through the way that things unfolded and you learn like history is is one of the best teachers that we have Absolutely. we learn not Absolutely. to not to make the same mistakes as people did before mm -hmm. you know right i was actually yeah. i was actually given a lecture on uh on disunity a couple of days ago yeah. Okay. So it was two. There was there was another sheikh, a sheikh who's here with me, Sheikh uh, Jawahiri. He was talking about unity, and I was talking about the dangers of disunity. So we had like a little mm -hmm. joint program. It was interesting, and you could see how like disunity destroys us on many different levels, on like a global scale, on our communities. Wow. You know, our little communities, and as we're minorities, and then even on an individual scale, if we're just concentrating on disunity and why I'm right and you're wrong. Then we're not actually getting closer to Allah, and we're not growing. So we need to, Absolutely. like, yep. it's it's good to know these points, 
but we mm-hmm. always got to keep the right perspective and mindset. You know what I mean? That we're trying Absolutely. to grow. You know? Yeah. Shala, it's good. All right. I agree on that. Absolutely. Hundred percent. So then, from there, you're growing. You're the imam, which was a pretty difficult uh, role to f- to fill there. Especially there's sixty, seventy of you there. When I was when I was in, alhamdulillah, I never had that responsibility. <laughs> um, there was always always the brother Abdullah was there the whole time I was there. So he was the he was the imam in the place I was at, but it was a much smaller group. So the place I was at, it was actually the Sunnis and the Shia were divided. So they weren't we we weren't fighting with one another, but right. the, the Shia had their own group, Sunnis had their own group, and right. they did their own programs, uh, and we would get together, but. It, it probably wasn't as good as it should have been. And right. the Shia were only five, six people the whole time. So, and a few would come and go, but it was, it was a small group. Yeah. Right. So alhamdulillah, it was good, but I never had that responsibility. And I'm thankful I never had that responsibility of trying to yeah, lead rough, people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Yeah. 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 It's rough. Well, um, thankfully though, that, that, you know, like I said, at one point we had a large community, mm. but there was so much um, like transfers going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, we're brothers moving out and stuff. The community mainly stayed small, mm. like small, I mean, under 20 people, mm-hmm. under 20 people, you know. So, yeah, mm. it was, but still, it's, you know, like I said, it's rough. It was rough. It is. <laughs> but it's good I like as the brother Mustafa mentioned it's a good learning experience and you could use it to grow so it really depends on your mindset if your mindset was which I, which it doesn't seem like it was but if your mindset was like yeah I'm, I'm out for this power and I want to control these people then that's going to destroy yeah. you but obviously you weren't there and if you're using right. if you're trying to you know use this position to get closer to God and it was forced upon you and you know, yeah. no one else would take it, so you had to fulfill that responsibility. Then it's a good, mm-hmm. it's a good opportunity, you know, right? To try to grow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alhamdulillah, you had Brother Mustafa to help you as well, so he was there. Yes. Yeah, because I know yeah. he has experience. He was the, I think he's the Imam now, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he had, uh, you know, he's been studying for a long time, and he's very knowledgeable to for someone who's actually never studied in an Islamic seminary, never actually studied proper Islamic courses, you know, from ulama right. somewhere. So he's, everything that he has is basically what he's read and all the yeah. effort that he's put into learning, which is amazing. You know? Yep. You're right about that. You are right yeah. about that. I, I used to, I used to tell him like, you, you really sat down and learned how to write Arabic by tracing it. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> like, so yeah, funny. I, I said, wow, that's some dedication for real, alhamdulillah, <laughs> you know? SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. Yeah. Yo, yeah, very good. All right, so eventually you get your final parole, and they, I don't know, for me, when I got when I got paroled, they changed my custody level. I had to go to minimum yard, and I don't know, we were oh. fixing some uh, fire station somewhere. But that oh, was, okay. Yeah, I don't know how it was for you, but... Uh, once you got that final parole, what was in your mind? Um, so when I got my final parole, there was actually two things in my mind because I was getting released on a Friday. Right? No problem. Okay. The first thing in my mind was getting to the masjid because I'm getting released on a Friday. Mm. The second thing in my mind was finding the gym. <laughs> because I was in pursuit of being an MMA fighter. All right. And yeah, that Friday I got out, that's the first thing I did. I went to Juma. And I was able to make Alhamdulillah. And um and I had tears in my eyes sitting in there. Mm. You know? Uh, and, and and you know, because of just a lot of things, you know, just just you know, all praise is due to Allah just being able to make it through that because, you know, just as well as I do, there's, you know, people lose their lives in places like that. People lose yeah. themselves in mm-hmm. places like that, you know, um, and and people 
you know, it just everything that can possibly go bad in life can go bad in there, you know. Mm. But I was able, you know, um, you know, praises due to Allah, I was able to make it through that mm. and come out better than what I went in. You know, so I had tears in my eyes because of that. I had tears in my eyes because I still had breath in my lungs and I was able to get out on a Friday and make it to Juma because my mom's actually took me there. You know, she, she drove me there. Yeah, she drove me there. Yep. And I, I think she had sat in a parking lot too while I was while I was in there. And I was actually mm-hmm. like, cause I didn't know what time Juma started. You know, we mm-hmm. you know Juma and Prince starts a totally different time than it does on the street. Yeah. So so I'm there by like twelve, I think it's like eleven something or twelve. And um, I'm like, am I late? Am I, you know, I see somebody and they like, no, Juma don't start till one. And I'm like, oh, I got a, a whole hour and a half. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sat and just took it all in. It was like, wow, I'm here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I went to Juma. Um, and then aside from other things as far as like getting myself situated and everything with the DMV and fingerprinting and, and all of the other stuff that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I was in pursuit of, of, of looking for a gym and mm-hmm. um, I actually found one. It's going to look. All right. So let's, let, let's, let's transfer to MMA for a bit then. Okay. Why was this one of the first things you wanted to do from prison? Like, cause obviously you'd already made your mind up. So how did that happen? Right. So um, MMA was another thing that I have always been attracted to. Mm. Always, always, um, like since I think it was around, even like around the time that it first started, I think I seen maybe a, just a couple of them. But I was like, man, that looks gritty right there, you know? Mm. And then, um, you know, growing up the way I did, we, 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 we fought a lot. But, um, it wasn't because of that. Um, for me, like even when I was in there, I was training. I was training myself. So for me, that was my outlet. Aside yeah. from writing, that was my outlet. Um, me training myself was my outlet. Me mm. focusing on something that I can get out to, you know that that it it, it helped me. And um, like I said, I, I always had a thing for for MMA. I always had. I went to my, uh, me and my father went to a, a MMA fight here in Vegas uh, one time, and just seeing them guys in the cage, I was I, I just you know just sitting there thinking like it takes a different type of dedication and discipline to do something like that. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm curious what kind of discipline and dedication does it take to do something like that? Mm. You know. And, so, like I said, I was always attracted to it. Um, I started training myself while I was in there um, because, um, you know, while while I was while I was in the county, um, and after I took my deal, I said, if I make it out of this, I'm going to do everything that I've always wanted to do that I never got. To. And MMA was the first thing on my list, and I did. You know, I got out and and uh, just to, let me tell you how a lot works. As I'm packing my stuff up the night before to leave Ely the next day to go down to um, what I went down to Hot Desert um, to get released. One of the CEOs told me, he said, hey, Span, what you plan on doing when you get out? I said, I'm going to do MMA. And he was like, really? I said, yeah. He said, hey, man, um. He said, you got any gyms in mind? I had my friend look up a few. And I was like, well, I'll go check them out. You know, if I got the money, I'll pay it, you know. But um, I said, not really. He said, check this gym out. They're called Asylum Fight Team. And this dude, he tra- I think he trains them out of his house. He trains them for free. I was like, free? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> of course, immediately when I get out, I look up Asylum Fight Team and um, this guy who was my first coach, Coach Phil, Phil Dunlap, picks up the phone. And that was the first MMA team that I was a part of. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and Phil, he's the reason that I'm at my gym, the gym now, because he directed me over there. He said, go there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a better team. It's a better gym, um, a better coach, you know, and, and he's going to get you straight. And that's where I'm at. 
subhanallah <laughs> good stuff good stuff so let me let me ask you a question you said you were training when you were still inside what was your training regimen like when you were inside um a lot of um high intensity interval training so a lot of that um I had a cellmate at one time uh, named uh, e. e. Ray Williams, who um, we used to have MMA Saturday in a cell in Ely. <laughs> all, all of the COs and everybody used to, they used to go, oh, it's MMA Saturday. We'll roll the mat up and we go like five rounds each on the mat. So we work in kicks way. and punches, just, <laughs> just everything. Um, I met a couple guys who had fought MMA while I was in there. And um, one of the guys was telling me, he's like, look, if this is what you want to do, don't worry about trying to, you know, develop like a style or anything right now. He said the only two things you should focus on is your cardio and your flexibility. Mm. And that's the only two things I focused on. That's good. You know, that's good. so and 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 those things helped me. 100%. Once I got out, I was like, wow, this is right. Yeah. 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 He was so one. I'm a big fan of MMA myself. I haven't actually got into it, though, unfortunately. A little too old okay. for it. But, uh, <laughs> but I love, I love it. Like I, I've loved it for a long time and watching it, you know, um, I don't know. I, I trained like tiny bit, but like nothing serious at all. Like just playing, like mostly just playing around. I play basketball. I play basketball seriously, but I can't do like my flexibility is zero. My cardio is near zero. Like it'd be too much for me now. <laughs> but all right. So. So now you're out. I actually looked at you online, and mm -hmm. it, that you're classified as amateur still. You've had a couple fights so far, which is right. which is interesting. So what's what's your plan with all of that? How were those fights, by the way? Like oh, well, they were good. My my first one, I was winning the first round and then part of the second round and got clipped and got knocked out. Oof. And then because I got a little bit besides myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um. My second fight completely dominated. Mm. Um, I had a kickboxing match, which I won by a, a, a TKO in the, in the uh, I believe it was the third round, I think it was. Okay. Okay. Um, and I just recently had a grappling match uh, two weeks ago in Arizona that I won first place in. Oh, mashallah. So, good. Yeah, I'm doing lot. So things, you know, it's, it's, it's been going good. It's been going good. Subhanallah. So that's good. So what, what's your style? What are you stronger um, in? Ah oh man, it's um, I was stronger in stand up. Mm. Just uh, you know, my 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 kicks and my punches and everything. Just just my overall stand up. But um, this this new this team that I'm with now, um, they are the grappling kings, mm. <laughs> right? And um. So it's called the highest on grappling team. Okay. And uh, yeah, if you Google them, you'll you'll see like there's uh, Ronda Rousey comes from them, uh, mm -hmm. the highest on grappling team coach Goku. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember the other fighter name, but there's a few fighters who have their black belts under the highest on grappling team. Mm -hmm. uh, so w since I've been with these guys, my ground game has been getting a lot stronger and I'm starting to like the ground game a lot more than I'm liking striking now, you know, yeah. I do still love striking, but just sitting there and seeing how complicated jujitsu can be, mm. it, it, you know, my coach says all the time, you know, jujitsu is a complicated way of doing the simplest things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of like that, you know, mm. Mm. <laughs> I like that. but I'm starting to like, I'm starting to like grappling more, so I'm building on that, of course, more. My 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 goal in that is to be a black belt, sure. you know, inshallah. So, um, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm stronger standing. I'm a lot powerful. I'm, I have a lot of power on the ground just due to the fact that I'm explosive. Mm. You know, as technical as 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 you know, um, I want to be right now, but mm -hmm. very explosive. So it's yeah. it's hard for a lot of people to hold me down. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Do you think prison helped you in this? Like gave you, like helped you create a mindset, toughness? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Because, um, in there you are, 
you know, prison is an environment that's built to drain the life out of you, right? Mm. You're getting it. You you're you're getting the bad end from every which way. Um, you know, whether it's the COs, whether it's you know, it's lockdown time or emergency lockdown, and you know, uh, no showers today. Um, you know, uh, you 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 come home from you you come back to the cell from work, and you can't even shower now. You know, because something mm. that happened on the chair, and so, and then you have your little encounters with people because you know prison isn't full of like nice people. So you <laughs> you you have you definitely have your people who you might run across, and you say, well, okay, we're gonna have to take it there. Mm. All of that definitely built the that mindset. Uh, because it, what what it really did was putting me. I'm never coming back to this place. Yeah. Never. I'm never going to come back to this place. Inshallah. And so I'm like, with 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 that being said, it put in me a stronger drive because I know where I came from and I know where I want to be in life. Mm. You know, and and where I came from, I never want to go back to that. So my drive. I can say is is like a hundred times harder, you know, now, you know, because yeah, so it, it did, it did set that state of mind. It's good. It it's good. Set state of mind. So what's, what's the plans? Are you going to go pro at some point? Inshallah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go pro. We was talking about that this morning. Um, there's a lot of good things lined up. So mm. yeah, inshallah, I'll go pro. Um, maybe, you know, after like, my first, my next maybe three fights, you know, okay. three or four fights. I'll go pro, you know. So you want to do yeah. three or four more fights, and then maybe you'll get you'll go pro. And then maybe I'll get the pro the pro scene. Yeah, okay. yeah. Even okay. if even if I only do one pro fight and that's it, hmm. I am content with that. You know, okay. Okay. because it's like, hey, this is this is something I wanted to do. I came out, I did it. Yeah, I'm just up. You know. I can from there. I can just go on to you know just continue to do what I do. I, I I um there's a few kids that I train like around the neighborhoods. One of them is my nephew. I get with him every weekend and I I train him and stuff. So nice. and I can continue doing stuff like that. You know. Mm. So is that what you're doing for money these days? Is just training people? Well, yeah, I have um I have two people and um that have me training their kids and then um. You know, uh, aside from that, just um, other little side jobs like doing DoorDash. Do y'all do DoorDash out there? Nah, but they have they have Uber Eats. They have I don't okay. know. They have like they have a few of them. But I've seen yeah. DoorDash on uh, in the NBA games. I see it. It's it's advertised, and it seems like a Farsi word to me. So like I was in Iran for like ten years studying Islam there, and there it just like when I saw it, I said, "It's DoorDash. What is that?" And then I figured out what it was. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. But interesting. All right. So you're doing that. That's good. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my only two else who's there. And then I have a, um, I have a little part-time job that I do in the morning from uh, 8 a.m. to 12 in the afternoon. And because my main focus is being in the gym right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's my main focus. So I want to be able to have the time for me to train twice a day, you know, when it's fight yep. camp, two, three times a day, you know, mm-hmm. six, six weeks, seven, you know, and uh, yeah. It's good. And shall yeah. I keep it up. Maybe you'll have more than one fight. Maybe we'll see you in the UFC one day. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. <laughs> yeah. I could say, yeah. I know this brother. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Inshallah. That'd absolutely. be amazing. I, I really yeah. think it's good, like for practicing Muslims to get into sport right mm-hmm. not only brothers but sisters as well because yeah. i think you know it it gives people that motivation and it helps people because you know physical activity is important right and the more yeah, you right. exercise you know yeah. exercise helps with your mindset helps you kind of put your life in together and it's yeah. it's a really good thing like even in islam like uh it's encouraged to to do sport so you have archery mm-hmm. you have swimming and there's even a hadith we have about wrestling, right? So, yeah. So you yeah. have like there's there's a hadith that's it's actually not the prophet's words himself. So there's oh. there's three levels of 
of authority when it comes to hadith, and one of them is called taqrir, where the the prophet saw something and didn't say anything about it, which kind of gives yeah. a tacit approval for it, right? Because okay. he's a messenger of God. If what they were doing was wrong, he's obligated right. to tell them, "No, brother, you can't do this. This is this is wrong," right? But if he doesn't say anything, it means he approves of what what was happening. And he saw a couple brothers wrestling. And mm -hmm. he looked at it and then walked by, which means he gave mm -hmm. that tassel approval. And then even in addition to that, there's a hadith where his his two grandsons, Imam Hassan salam and Imam Hussein salam, were wrestling. And he was encouraging them. And he was actually rooting for his son Hassan, who's older, or his grandson, who's older than, than Imam Hussein. And... Okay. Their mother said, why are you rooting for the older one? Like, shouldn't you be going for the younger one? And he's like, nah, Angel Jibreel is writing, rooting for him. So it's like, oh. they're having... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting. So like, the, it's definitely seen that, you know, not only, you know, exercise, but exercise where you're learning how to defend yourself and exercise right. where, you know, this type of exercise is encouraged, which is great. You know what I mean? So... I love it when I see brothers who are into these things and inshallah we could motivate others to get into it. Yeah, that's the goal, inshallah. Inshallah. That is the goal. Yep. It's good. Keep it up. Keep up the good work, inshallah. Inshallah, I will. Well, it was really good, brother. It was really good to meet you. And right. alhamdulillah, it's an honor like any time I, I hear Brother Mustafa's name, it gets me happy and I, I right. even though I've never met him, I, I really respect him for all the work that he's done and i know there's plenty of people that i've talked to who he's had a positive influence on their life and he's been able to help them in their journey to god and in their journey towards allah which is amazing right so you have people like that that you know for whatever circumstances and unfortunately they're in the position they're in but they're still they're still positive and they're still using it to get closer to god and still helping others along their journey which is you know, it's amazing to see that. And it's always a pleasure to meet people that that have similar experiences as myself and who have been able to improve their lives and move forward. And it seems that's what you're doing. You know, you, you said you never want to go back. First thing you did when you got out of prison was go straight to Juma, which is amazing. Right? That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. after and then, and then you went and you found a gym, and you're you're going towards your your passion and and a lifelong goal that you've had, and you're moving towards it, which is that's amazing. You know, what I mean, inshallah, mm -hmm. everyone could be doing what they have passion for and what they've been, you know, what goals that they've had when they were younger. You know, if everyone does that, they'd be happier. So it's it's great. It's great to see that. Inshallah. You're right about that. I definitely appreciate it, Doc. I appreciate you um, giving me this interview. Um, oh, my uh, well, pleasure. This, like this talk, I wouldn't even call it an interview. It's, it's more of a, <laughs> of, of, of a talk, you know. And um, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate it. And it was definitely a pleasure meeting you. And uh, may, man, may Allah increase us in sustenance. Inshallah, inshallah. Definitely, and we'll be in touch, yeah? So anything you need from me, let me know. And stay in touch with me, inshallah. I'd love to keep hearing about your journey and how you're moving forward and and just keep, you know, being your brother. Helping you out it. with anything I can, inshallah. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, brother. Walaikum salam, bro. Take care. Fiyam on Allah. What? You haven't subscribed yet? Mate, get on the ball. Subscribe to the channel.